Hi, I'm Susan Offen. And I'm Laura Potter. And we're your hosts today for Pure Truth. We want to welcome you to our podcast and thank you for listening. Today, our topic will be on the goodness of God. And our scripture for today is from Luke 18, 19. Why do you call me good? Jesus asked him. Only God is truly good. Mm, Isn't that the truth? All right. So, you know, the goodness of God is never ending. Would you all agree with that? Yes. He loves us deeply and he loves us eternally. And he blesses us with more than we can ask or think. That's our God. Mm-hmm. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now all glory to God, who is able, through his mighty power at work within us, to accomplish in- infinitely more than we might ask or think. He's our helper. He's our father, our deliverer. He's our protector, our peace, joy, strength, and wisdom. God is generous and kind, and he is good. He loves each one of us with an everlasting love, and that love is eternal. He knew us before we were born. And he loved us before we were born. He loves us unconditionally, meaning we don't have to do anything to earn that love. He loves us no matter what. Isn't that amazing? Mm -hmm. Yes. And I found an article on LifeWay.com that's titled The Goodness of God. And I want to share some of of it with you. So it says, God is for you. He is there plotting to do you good. You are the object of his affection. And because of his divine nature, all that he expresses comes from an expansive, overwhelming, God-sized generosity towards you. And I really like how they express the goodness of God. I like that God-sized generosity. Mm-hmm. You can't beat that. No. Nope. Here are three ways that God reveals his goodness to us. So the first one is natural blessings. This is the lowest level at which he expresses his goodness and the one we tend to overlook or take for granted. But David saw it clearly. He was moved by God to write Psalm 145, a hymn of praise that celebrates God's goodness expressed in the created order. Mm-hmm. So Psalm 145, it's, it's a little long. I'm going to read it here. It says, I will exalt you, my God and King, and praise your name forever and ever. I will praise you every day. Yes, I will praise you forever. Great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. No one can measure his greatness. Let each generation tell its children of your mighty acts. Let them proclaim your power. I will meditate on your majestic, glorious splendor and your wonderful miracles. Your awe-inspiring deeds will be on every tongue. I will proclaim that word again. I will proclaim Mm -hmm. your greatness. Everyone will share the story of your wonderful goodness. They will sing with joy about your righteousness. The Lord is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. The Lord is good to everyone. He showers compassion on all his creation. All of your works will thank you, Lord, and your faithful followers will praise you. They will speak of the glory of your kingdom. They will give examples of your power. They will tell about your mighty deeds and about the majesty and glory of your reign. For your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. You rule throughout all generations. The Lord always keeps his promises. He is gracious in all he does. The Lord helps the fallen and lifts those bent beneath their loads. The eyes of all look to you in hope. You give them their food as they need it. When you open your hand, you satisfy the hunger and thirst of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in everything he does. He's filled with kindness. 
The Lord is close to all who call on him. Yes, to all who call on him in truth. He grants the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cries for help and rescues them. The Lord protects all those who love him, but he destroys the wicked. And I will praise the Lord and may everyone on earth bless his holy name forever and ever. You know, I I like that because especially when I've been depressed or I'm in a time of not understanding what God's doing in my life, I have gone through and read the Psalms. Mm -hmm. And just hearing David's words and how he never takes anything for granted, he praises God for everything, even just like in this one, his creation, all that he does, the little things. And then when you do that, when you start to just apply that to your own life and you start thanking God for everything you see, Right. Everything you notice, and and you ask the Holy Spirit, bring it to my attention. Yeah. The things yeah. that God is doing right now in my life, and I would do that. And as I did that, I was just filled with joy. Yeah. I was filled with not happiness, but contentment and joy. And it, it drives the depression away. Right, right. And uh, I, that's that's one reason why I love David. I love Psalms because yeah. you know he gets it. Yeah, well, you how know? can you not be? Like, whenever, whenever you start proclaiming that and whenever you start speaking that, mm-hmm. and it's the opposite. It's the opposite of depression and, right. you know, fear and all the garbage that the enemy brings into your life and or into your mind and your heart and all that. And how could you not, when you start talking about the goodness of God, and, and like like you said, David does, he praises him in all the Psalms, and, and you start thinking differently, it just brings... You notice more yes. what what you see God doing and what He's right. doing all around you than you do your own. You know, right? It's like a issues. bigger picture. Yeah, right. you see the bigger yeah. stuff rather than your little stuff mm-hmm. that you're focused on. Yeah. You know, it becomes a wider vision right. rather than a narrow vision of my little problems and this yes. is bugging me. You know, right. so anybody that's suffering from depression or you know those those thoughts that just you know take you down the rabbit hole, mm-hmm. start praising God. Right, Get out the Psalms. Right, that's what David did. It Get pulls out, you out of the hole. Pulls you out of it, and mm-hmm. it, and it slaps uh, the enemy right in his face. Mm-hmm. A lot of Bibles too, like mine says, usually on the top of it, this could be for depression. Yeah, right. Uh, and so, if you know that, you then and you pray it out, it'll help it lift. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. All right. So we're gonna keep going here. In verses three to four, he shouts out, "Yahweh is great and is highly praised. His greatness is unsearchable. Mm-hmm. One generation will declare your works to the next, and will proclaim your mighty acts." Yeah. In verses seven through nine, describe what the older generation will say to the younger. They will give a testimony of your great goodness and will and will joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and great in faithful love. And notice verse 9, it says, the Lord is good to everyone. Well, who is included in the word everyone? You are. Mm-hmm, we all right. are. Yep. And, you know, in case we miss that, he repeats the idea on the next phrase. His compassion rests on all that he has made. That means there's nowhere in the universe that you can go where God won't be good to you. Mm-hmm, right. He's just good. In verses 15 through 17, we read more about his goodness. All eyes look to you, and you give them their food in due time. You open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and gracious in all his acts. So every relationship, every job, every tree, every taste of food that pleases us, every bird song, every friend and flower and field are a reminder of his compassion for us. You look in every corner of this world and every part of your day and you will find the overflow of his, his generosity if you only begin to look for it. And, you know, like it's springtime right now in yeah. Texas. And, you know, everywhere I was looking as I'm driving along the road, I see right. green everywhere. Yeah. Yes. You know, I yes. love it. 
and I see this like beautiful soft green grass coming up right, right. and all the trees are blooming with their leaves it's and beautiful yeah and i just started thanking god for making so much green mm-hmm. in the earth because i love the color green you know yeah. yeah but i was just like and he knows you know our human loves likes dislikes you right. know because he created us this yeah. way right so he knows we love the color of the blue sky we know he knows we love the color of the green grass and yeah that Green covers most of the earth, yes. you know? So it's just, to me, I was just in awe, yeah. you know, because it's springtime, and so it's brought to my attention. I'm like, oh, God, you know what you're doing. He's so you cool. Know? Right. <laughs> when I moved here to Texas, too, I didn't, I've never seen grass that turns brown in the winter. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, at least when the snow's there, right. you've got a new color and all yeah. of that. But In the that, winter, it's white. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's why we appreciate well, the what color is so much. Then? If it's not... It's all covered in snow. But oh. it doesn't turn brown like it does here. No. It doesn't. Uh-uh. Not, I just didn't know that. So does it stay green or is it just... That's because we have different kind of grass. Yeah. When, when I grew up in Chicago and, and, you know, Susan grew up in upstate New York. Yes. Right. And so it's it's different. You know, the grass is a different type of grass. Here in Texas, it's the St. Augustine or Bermuda Saint Augustine, grass. Bermuda, yeah. The so, grass feels different up there. It's soft and lush. Uh, and you just sit and lay in here it. Here, it's really? brown and hard, and you can't wear your Until you get to St. Augustine, because that's what I would always put in my yards. Because St. Augustine, when it's really full, it's really soft and plush, too. Yeah. Oh, I like wow. it better than the Bermuda. But Yeah, Bermuda's tough. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, I didn't that's, know that. I thought grass was the same. No, no, that was one of the things my relatives, when they came to visit, they said, "Your grass feels weird." <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with it? I'm like, yeah, well, well, welcome to Texas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. But yeah, it has to be able to endure the hot weather that we have. So that's why we have okay. this type of, t- of grass. Things you learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. So the second way that God reveals His goodness to us is kind interventions. So Psalm 107 is totally devoted to this theme and opens with joy. It says, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His faithful love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord proclaim that He has redeemed them from the land of the foe. Then the psalmist describes four different scenarios where God graciously steps in to reveal His goodness. So God comes to the rescue of people who are frantically searching for something or someone that will satisfy their soul. You know, when they cry out to the Lord, He will deliver them, and their soul will find its true home. I like that. So God intervenes in the lives of those who have rebelled against the word of God and suffer for it. And when they repent, he delivers them from their distress, breaks the chains of sin that bind them, and turns the night to day. So God intervenes on behalf of his goodness in the lives of foolish people who have given themselves to sin and find its death, bringing results, touching their relationship and lives. And when they cry to the Lord, he heals them and reverses the killing effects of sin in their lives. So God rescues those pounded by calamity. When the storms threaten to sink us and we're at, we're at our wit's end, we can call to him and see him command the storms to be still because again, he's good. He's been there for you more than you'll ever know, no matter what situation you're facing. God is the best person to take it to. There's no surer source of deliverance or blessing than him because he is good all the time. And the third way God reveals his goodness is through God's son, Jesus. You know, Colossians 1 says that Jesus is the image of the invisible God and that God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. Jesus is God's goodness in the flesh. He demonstrated God's desire to pour out blessings, help, and deliverance on us in three ways. 
The first way is he took the judgment that our sins deserved upon himself. So Romans 5.8 says, God proves his own love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God's extravagance flowed to us in the amazing substitution of his son in our place on the cross. His death for us is the undisputed picture of unmerited goodness. None of us deserve it. And we continue to do things that prove we didn't earn this. But God is good. His nature drives a desire to do for us what we can't do for ourselves. So he puts forward his son on our behalf to take our hell and give all who believe heaven. Again, isn't God good? Mm-hmm. Yes. And the second way is he includes a thousand other things in the gift of himself. Romans 8.32 says he did not even spare his own son, but offered him up for us all. How will he not also with him grant us everything? So God has already shown his goodness toward you in the biggest and most amazing way possible. All the other little details to help you live a godly life are included in that gift. And then the third way is Jesus unlocks God's goodness toward us in new ways. 2 Corinthians one twenty tells us that every one of God's promises is yes in Christ. That means all the good and perfect gifts of God come to us through our relationship with Jesus. If you want to understand and appreciate God's goodness to us, it begins and ends with Jesus. I really think it's important for you to actually believe you will see the goodness of God. Well, yeah, that's true. You know, because in Psalm twenty-seven, thirteen, it says, I would have lost heart unless I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Mm-hmm. And tasting the goodness of God required me to believe I, I would see the goodness of God in my life. It's not enough to believe it, but expect it. Mm-hmm. And I would speak scripture out loud about God's goodness and I would claim it for myself. It's like you cannot believe the goodness of God unless you believe he is a good God who gives. Right. For example, in James one seventeen, it says, Every good and perfect gift is from above to those who love him. God's not holding back any good thing from anyone. 1 Corinthians 2.9-10 says, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. He has things in store for each one of us that we probably never dared to imagine. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That is so exciting. I know. Yeah. Just thinking about it. You know, yeah. Right? Th- this was a big part of renewing my mind. I grew up with a spirit of lack. So mm-hmm. I didn't think there was ever going to be enough money, food, clothes, whatever. Yeah, whatever it is. Know. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So All of it. Right. So believing and expecting an abundance of good things really allowed me to feel blessed. Yeah. Right. And it transformed my thinking to a kingdom mindset. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I could share everything I had with other people. Right. You know. Yes. Yeah, instead of having a spirit of lack, you had a spirit of like blessing and Fullness. abundance on you. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Knowing it's always going to be supplied. God's right. always going to. It's a. It's, it's a. It's almost saying saying things as a prophetic. I don't even know how to describe it, but it's an act of faith. Yeah. Yeah. When you proclaim that out and say. I know I'm going to be taken care of. God's right. going to bless me. Yes. yes. You know, that's that's just proclaiming his blessings that's out right. loud. Right, because he says it in his word. Right. Yeah. And yeah. you believe it for yeah. real. Yeah. Not just reading some scripture. You really believe it in your heart. That's yeah. faith. Yeah. Yes. Love it. And the Hebrew word shalom, which the Lord uses often to bless his people, means to have wholeness in our lives, spirit, soul, and body. Right means to have nothing missing, nothing broken. Mm -hmm. And God sure knows that is the way things ought to be, and that's the way he wants them to be. 
not just for a few people, but for every one of us. Yeah. Right. And in Psalm 145.9, it says, the Lord is good to all. Yep. So we can realize God is for us and not against us when we read Psalm 84.11, no good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. God even gives us scripture, like we were just saying, Mm -hmm. for our unbelief, just in case we're struggling with believing the truth about his goodness for us. Mark 9.24 says, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Mm-hmm. So good. It's so good. So how do we, we respond to the goodness of God? Right? Mm-hmm. We repent of unbelief and ingratitude. Right. In Romans 2.4 it says, Or do you despise the riches of his, his kindness, restraint, and patience, not recognizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? And Paul is saying here, Do you think that all these blessings that visit your days came because you're just an incredibly nice person <laughs> who made God's special list. <laughs> I'm on the special list. Yes. <laughs> no, his goodness was meant to lead you to him. Mm-hmm. Going through your life, receiving what he has been giving without trusting in Christ is like saying, God, I had all this coming. I deserve this and more. So keep it coming. We want the gifts, not the giver. Our ingratitude and greed for what he can do for us while rejecting him is the height of sin. And one day, the gravy train will come to an end. Mm-hmm. You know, pause for a moment and recognize the hand of the Lord in your life and turn to Him today. Put an end to taking from God and learn to thank Him, right? God is not yes. an ATM machine. That's right. <laughs> no. Yeah, just continue to withdraw, right? Right. That's good. That's a good point. And then another way is rest in His goodness when adversity comes. We live in a world where bad things happen to good people and good things happen to bad people. It's true. And we wonder how God can be good. Sometimes God's good plan for us means going through trials, tribulations, losses, heartache, and even death. But God is there for you. Psalms 31, 19-20 says, How great is your goodness that you have stored up for those who fear you, and accomplish in the sight of everyone for those who take refuge in you. You hide them in the protection of your presence. You conceal them in a shelter from the schemes of men, from quarrelsome tongues. God has great goodness stored up for you. He has amazing plans just for you. Take your refuge and rest in Him. He is up to more than you know, and He is always available to help you, but you must give it up to Him. And then you also step out in faith. You know, when you believe that God is good all the time, it frees you to take ever-increasing steps of faith. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven says, For I know the plans I have for you, plans for your welfare and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. If you believe that, then you are free from the fear of taking risks for Christ's sake. Mm -hmm. And you never miss out if you step out with God. Mm -hmm. That's right. You know, we we're giving a lot of scripture here. Yeah. But it's just it's just proof all through the Bible. He's good. He's good. He's good. Yeah. His goodness is just filled in the Bible. Mm -hmm. I mean it's it's all throughout the Bible. And and we get to experience that Mm -hmm. as his children. You know? You know, before I mentioned that you you have to believe that you will see the goodness of God. But you also need to receive the goodness of God. Yeah. Right. I mean, th- think about Christmas or your birthday. Right. right. When people give you a gift, mm-hmm. you know, you take it, you unwrap it, you open it, and you receive it. Right. And you give thanks. You, yes. you know, thanks yes. for this gift. Right. It's mm-hmm. the same thing with his goodness. Yes. You don't just stare at the gift. Right. You receive it and open it. Yes. And you don't give it back. Right. And then you don't pay them anything for it. Right. Because that's what a gift is. Right. So I just uh, read that scripture about God not withholding anything good from them who walk uprightly. This verse clearly says he won't withhold things from those who live according to his word. And as we renew our minds, 
put his word in our minds Mm -hmm. and believe we will see the goodness of God, all that is left for us to do is to receive the goodness of God. Mm -hmm. If there's really something in my life that I'm desiring and praying for and it lines up with his word, he wants me to have it, but it will be in his timing, he will by faith give it to me. I have to partner with him, though, and be obedient and receive it by faith. Right. So, why do so many of us have trouble receiving from God? It's mm, a good question. It's just, I mean, think about it. Is it because we think we have to earn it, like I said earlier, yeah. or we don't deserve it? Mm-hmm. He created us with a desire within us for his goodness. I mean, it reminds me of that, your trip to Hawaii. Yeah, Laura. to Kauai. Kauai. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because when I was there... It was so beautiful. It was so over the top, you know, more than I'd ever experienced before uh, because we'd never traveled to exotic places, you know. But I just had a hard time receiving it because I I wasn't raised that way. And I kind of had a spirit of poverty, you Mm -hmm. know, on me. And so I just, and, and disappointment. I think I was disappointed. You know, it's not that my parents were bad, you know. Yeah. It's just that I experienced a lot of disappointment because we just didn't have a whole lot of money. Right. And things just didn't work out. Yeah. And so, anyway, when we were in Kauai, you know, and I, I was there, it just was hard for me to wrap my mind around that God would love me so much that he would allow me to just be blessed by right. a trip. Right. Like, I understood it was my husband's reward for hard work. But still, I'm a part of it. I'm part of his life. We're a team. Yeah. And and we got blessed together. Right. And it was hard right. for me to just receive that. Just like, wow. His goodness. Right. It was hard for me to receive his goodness and his love without no strings attached. Right. Exactly. It's just because I love you. Yeah. And it was like, whoa. You know, and of course, when he spoke that to me, it was like a lightning bolt went down the middle of me and it... It just resonated in me. It was like a healing moment because it, it basically drove out the fear that was inside of me right. and put into me, God is good and he loves me. That's it. He just loves me. And this trip is just for me mm-hmm. because he treasures me. And it just made me love him even more. Oh, you know? Right. Right. You know? Wow. So... Why do so many of us have trouble receiving from God? Do you think maybe it's fear? Sure. I mean, look at Peter, for example, who heard the voice of the Master calling him across the water of life to new levels in him. Jesus said, come, and Peter stepped out, and then the wind and waves caused him to shrink back. Right. Like like life, circumstances can cause us to react in the same way. Yeah. We don't receive because of fear, like Peter. Yeah. Right, So trusting God is key. The enemy can chirp at us with these deceiving lies that can block us from receiving God's goodness. But we need to be on alert and take every thought captive. That's right. He always comes at us with fear, Mm -hmm. like wanting us to shrink back in doubt and unbelief, especially when things seem like they're not working out. Right. In 2 Corinthians 5, 7, it says, For we walk by faith and not by sight, meaning not our circumstances. Right. Right. And all of us can become receivers of his goodness, and we can all increase our capacity to receive. All it takes is going from faith to faith, hearing the word, believing the word, speaking the word, acting on the word. With each step, our capacity increases. 
You know, in Romans 2, 4, it says, Do the riches of his extraordinary kindness make you take him for granted and despise him? Haven't you experienced how kind and understanding he has been to you? Don't mistake his tolerance for acceptance. Do you realize that all the wealth of his extravagant kindness is meant to melt your heart and lead you into repentance? You know, I grew up continuously immersed in the church. I remember hearing and learning about God's goodness like since my preschool days, you know. My parents, my grandparents, my Sunday school teachers, they all told me that God is good, that He loves me, as, like as far back as I can remember. And I was truly blessed to grow up surrounded by people who knew and loved God and experienced His love and goodness all throughout their entire lives. You know, I continuously heard their testimonies or the accounts of other, other believers, you know, sharing how good God was and how He was working in their lives. Knowing these things from such a young age, I received Jesus' message of his love for me and his salvation at the age of seven. So I was pretty young. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but just because I had the rich inheritance didn't mean that I truly grasped the depth of God's love for me. You know, I had to learn and experience this for myself. You've heard the expression, you know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, each one of us must come into our own relationship with Jesus. It must be our own realization, or should I say, Revelation. Oh, that's good. Right? Because yeah. God has to reveal that to you, to your heart. Yeah. Right. Ephesians 1, 4 through 8 says, Even before he made the world, God loved us and he chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace that he's poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his own son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. Such a good verse. Yes. You know, so you see, I had the head knowledge, right? That God was good and that he loved me. I also had the experience of feeling the love of my family and feeling God's goodness through them all the time. Right? Right. Right. But I still needed to know and experience God revealing that to my own heart for myself and for my own personal knowing. Yeah. You know, just as it says in Romans 2 4, it's the kindness or the goodness. We've read this before. Right. But it's the kindness or the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. And it was when I was growing up and making my own decisions that I rebelled against God. Oh, yeah. You know, like all of us. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like I was outwardly rebelling where people would point to me and say, wow, Laura's really gone off the deep end, you know. (laughs) (laughs) But there was like an inward rebellion inside, you know, taking place in my own heart uh, by my own choices to do what I wanted to do rather than obeying God's instructions for my life. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, 1 Samuel 16, 7 says, but the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Right. So, you know, we can be living what seems like a good life in our appearance to other people around us, but God sees our hearts and he knows what needs correction and what needs to change. And many Christians tend to judge others based on what they do or don't do in life. Yeah. And we can make good appearances before others, but still be a mess on the inside. Mm -hmm. Right. 
you know, just as the rich young ruler called Jesus good, right, in Luke eighteen nineteen. Right. But even Jesus corrected him in his judgment, and he told him that only the Father in heaven is truly good. That's true. That's right. So I'm sure we've all been guilty of inward rebellion, rebellion at some point oh in our lives, God. right? Yes. <laughs> Except for Susan, right? She's thanks. For <laughs> I never had rebellion. <laughs> oh, thanks for pointing wait, it out, this. Laura. <laughs> So that's a di- that's a matter between you and God, right? Yeah. <laughs> but it is. It's a matter between you and God to correct those things. You just right? work through it. You know. You yes. Just work uh, through that, and God will. If you if you're praying, if you're talking to God, He's going to get you there. Mm-hmm. Right. Just got to keep plugging forward. And in my case, you know, before I got to that point, because I was looking outwardly, you know, I was looking really good at everybody else on the outside. Right. You know. But I would justify my actions by comparing myself in my own mind to other Christians, thinking, well, you know, at least I'm not like so-and-so. Yeah. Right? So I must be pretty good. I've done that, too. Right? I think we all have. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But then, you know, I was piling even more sin on myself because I stepped into the place of God becoming judge instead of leaving those things in His hands. And that's that's wrong. Yeah. You don't want to do that. So then there were times, you know, when I totally screwed up and... (laughs) Let's not get into that. (laughs) I made huge mistakes in my my life decisions. And I I really, at that point, I got on my face before God and I repented for everything I'd been doing. You know, I tried to live a good life, but I was doing it for my own strength, which led to sin failure over and over and over again. I'd say, God, I'm so sorry. Forgive me. I won't ever do it again. And then I do it again. Yes. You know, it's like Paul talking about, I do what I don't want to do. And, you know, he goes back and forth bantering i'm like yeah yeah we've all been there <laughs> right right but you know then the holy spirit reminded me that it's not by my own might and effort that i am a good person but it's only by the blood of jesus covering my sin does it make me a righteous person in god's eyes mm-hmm. you know he tells us that he he robes us in his righteousness that's right mm-hmm. you know that's the only thing that makes us presentable before the father that's right so it says in 1 John 1, 7 through 9, says, But if we are living in the light, as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other, and the blood of Jesus, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all wickedness. Yes. And Ephesians 2, 8 says, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. So when you realize the depth of your sin debt and how much you've been forgiven from God, you truly see his goodness over your life. You know, his grace, his mercy, and his love are unending. And that just shows how good God is to his children. Yes. That's right, Laura. We have a good God. Yes. In Psalm 33, 5, it says, the earth is full of the goodness of God. Mm Mm-hmm. Even when our circumstances can be challenging or even overwhelming at times, God is still good through it all, and He never changes. Mm-hmm. God's been so good to me in my life. Where do I even begin? Right, same. <laughs> Seriously, there's so many times He's blessed me or come to my aid. Yeah. And when I stop to think of all the things I'm thankful for in my life, I can experience His goodness, not just know it, like you said before, Laura, and right. for the sake of knowing it. Right. The goodness of God doesn't come and go with seasons. He's always good, and I believe God wants us to have abundant life and that he loves to bless us, heal us, deliver us, and prosper us every day. In John 10.10, Jesus said, I came that they may have, have and enjoy life and have it in abundance. 
to the full until it overflows. Right. He wants us to enjoy this life. Yes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just came back from a spring break trip with my family, and it was the first time in a long while where I actually was able to relax and enjoy myself, soak up the rays, and swim in the ocean with my family. I can, oh. <laughs> I can totally picture you. Oh, it was just, it was so awesome. Mm -hmm. You know, and yeah. I, I haven't even gone into the ocean and enjoyed it in a while because I was dealing with personal grief and demonic strongholds in my life. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of times when you go on a vacation, you just want a break, but your family's right. still with you. <laughs> right. <laughs> and you what still... am I getting a break from? <laughs> you guys just go away and leave me alone for a while. <laughs> you still have duties. Yes. Yeah. Right? But um, I recently went through personal deliverance that set me free from those things, those strongholds that were holding me down and blocking me from enjoying life. Yeah. Right. And God set me free. Yes. And now I can enjoy things more and revel in his goodness. Satan it. steals our joy. He steals yes. our fun. He steals our relaxation. Our peace. Yes. Our peace. All of it. Yep. Yeah. Jerk. <laughs> Stick it to him. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I have to admit, I haven't always had this mindset, and I've had to renew my mind, learn to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ, and spend intimate time with God to get to know Him personally and experience His goodness. Right, right. I spent a lot of time stuck in a mindset of thinking God was a punishing, condemning God, and I had to earn His love, which, yeah. which really meant I'd never feel good enough to deserve His love, no matter what I did. Right. right. That's why you couldn't enjoy your vacation. Right. Yeah. 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 This is exhausting. Yeah. And it's sadly due to religion, too. I also felt that God would send sickness on me, or I thought I would have to live in a state of poverty for Him to teach me something. I'm I wonder how doomed. Many people, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I wonder right? how many people think like that. I used right. to think on the, on those lines, along those lines, mm, yeah. that I'm not going to be good enough, so He's punishing me. Like, right, and why then, I'm sick, so I don't have any money. It's why I don't my, yep. you know, my kids are acting up, you know. <laughs> right, mm -hmm. and yeah. the and like the 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 whole other theme of martyrdom, where yeah. you think you have to right suffer suffer in order to receive his. all lies mm -hmm. that the enemy just wants us to believe to get us in that mindset well right. and it just gives us you characterize god that way that's not god no, no. <laughs> you know god is good right right yeah. it's good and the spirit of religion is scorning pointing the finger you'll never be good enough right i mean that for me i'm speaking personally that was my catholic background and not every catholic thinks this way yeah I'm just describing how I felt. Right. Well, and I was raised in, you know, Southern Baptist too, and I still felt that way. Me That's too. I think that it's part of religion, but it also comes, you know, From and the of course, enemy. yeah. We were we were all raised, you know, besides you Catholic, we were all Susan and I were both raised in the church. Yeah. You know, yeah. mine and, wasn't fully in the church. It right. Was sometimes. Right. And so I think that that condemning spirit you know, yes. comes to us a lot yeah. in the church it, and it, you feel guilt-ridden all the time, yes. you right. know. Yes. And um, and you you're not really truly understanding what the blood of Jesus has done for you. Right. You know. Again, it's the wrong perspective. Right. And the enemy loves when you don't know the truth. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Right. Yep. And I had to renew my mind and accept I had a lot more to learn. Oh yeah. In fact, the more I knew, the more <laughs> I realized I didn't know. <laughs> and one of the best ways that helped me renew my mind was digging into the Bible and reading His Word. Mm -hmm. I never read the Bible growing up, so we would hear scripture in church, and that was about the most I heard, unless it was Advent or Lent, 
which when we would have special devotionals in which I spent time reading daily during that season. Mm -hmm. But I remember struggling at one point in my life quite a few years ago before reading the Bible, and I spent time with a very wise teacher counselor, and she held up the Bible to me and shook it and said, this is the truth. Mm -hmm. And the truth never changes. Love it. And I was stunned. Like, I, I had to, I sat still for a moment, and I was, it was like I was lost in time. So, when I heard the word truth, I was desperate for the truth. And when I suddenly realized I could have it, I was so grateful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the truth didn't change. Wow. After hearing I could have the truth every minute, hour, day of my life at my hands felt like a true gift of goodness from God, the gift that keeps on giving. Oh, yeah. yes. And scripture started transforming my thinking, and the Bible's full of proof of God's goodness, like we said before, Yeah. and all the stories showing us He never gives up on us. Mm-hmm. Like, take the life of Jesus. He's the perfect example of goodness. And as He died on the cross to save us from our sins, so He could give us the gift of eternal life, Right. His ministry and sacrifice are as an example of God's goodness toward us. Yeah. And the Psalms. Yeah, we just talked right? about them, yeah. I mean... They're in the middle of feeling all my emotions. I can read the Psalms and find God's goodness. Yes. The Psalms show all kinds of human emotion and how humans wrestle our way back to trusting God. Right. And they give voice to our own thoughts. They teach us that God isn't impatient with our emotion and is close to the brokenhearted. Yeah. In Genesis 1.13, it says, And God saw everything he made, and behold, it was very good. Mm-hmm. And there was evening, there was morning. We know that the scripture, the yeah. sixth day. Mm-hmm. Right? God created for six days. As he looked at it all, he saw that it was indeed very good. And everything God made had goodness in it. The first good comes right after God creates for the first time. So wow. goodness comes from God, and it, it cannot exist outside of God. Right. God knew goodness for an eternity before because he is goodness. Wow, Mm -hmm. that's good. Right? Yeah. God's goodness was given to the first humans, Adam and Eve. And as a gift from God, they partook in God's work alongside him. But we all know what they did next. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Adam and Eve. (laughs) (laughs) They had the knowledge of good, but they desired the knowledge of evil as well. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. And God gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our divine counselor, and the Holy Spirit guides us in becoming more like Jesus by experiencing the fruits of the Holy Spirit, such as love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Yeah. All we really need to do is look at the actions of Jesus. He exemplified God's goodness firsthand. And he exposed the religious attitudes, for example, of the Pharisees. In Matthew twelve ten through 14, the Pharisees placed their religious laws above human need. They were so concerned about Jesus breaking one of their rules above healing the shriveled hand of the man. So, like I said, how do you put rules above the importance of a human being? Yeah, right. They put the importance I mean, of that, right? Right. They even plotted his death. They were so mad. Yeah. So Jesus overruled their authority and it exposed their evil attitudes in front of the entire crowd in the synagogue. Jesus showed that the Pharisees were more loyal to their religious system than to God. It takes renewing the mind from religious traditions, wrong thinking, and like I said, digging into the word, getting to know God and letting him tell you through the word that he's the God who heals you 
He's a God of mercy. Yeah. Loving kindness, compassion, and goodness. Right. Mm-hmm. Also, I just want to mention, I learned in my training as well, as well as my Bible study, to keep a gratitude journal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and so in my journal, I devote a page each day. It, it doesn't have to be a page, but to writing down all the gifts from God I received that day. It could be anything, like lunch with my husband, I bumped into an old friend, or a beautiful sunset. Once I see all that he provides, gifts, and blesses me with on a daily basis, I believe he desires to give me so much more, and I become open to receive it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's a wonderful idea. You know, writing down what we experience helps us remember. And when we get, go back and read it, we are reminded of how good he is. Yes. And that leads me to my next point. Do any of you ever get mad, frustrated, or angry at God? I used to I have. I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah in the not past. anymore, but I, I did. So, you know, so many of God's children get frustrated and angry and uh, with God. And I understand this feeling all too well. It was in my dry desert days that when I was in that deep pit, wandering in desperate search of finding my way in the world. And it was during those de- desperate years that I found him. You know, I found God. I truly found God. And he guided me gently onto his path. I still struggled for many years in the beginning of my relationship with him. But it was different this time because I knew he was there. So even when I would fall back into my old habits of frustration and I would blame God, I heard his voice saying, trust in me and have faith. I will guide you to better ways and better days. Mm -hmm. You see, once we get to know God, then we begin to understand who he really is. A gentleman, loving, kind, and desperate for us to know him and love him intimately. Because that's the way he loves us. Right. You know, he gives us wisdom and revelation and understanding of who he is and how his kingdom works. And it is the opposite of what I used to think. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, God is absolutely good. And the reason I suffered is because I didn't know my enemy. I didn't understand the choices that I made were not always good ones. Even though I thought I knew what was best for me, I had to discover the hard way that I was wrong. God knows what's best for me. God had to let me fail several times. So I could learn to trust in him. You know, Mm -hmm. it it was awful, but you learn a lot through it. You know, I discovered that he only wants good things for me. So I went to church when I was younger, but I didn't get saved until I was 31 years old. There are so many things the Lord saved and protected me from before I even came to accept him. There were many dark paths that I could have chosen, but God somehow always redirected me. I still made mistakes, huge mistakes, you know. For example, I had sex before marriage. And we ended up pregnant, my husband and I did. And I was only 17 years old when I got pregnant. So that was a big year for me, yeah. 1986. Wow. I graduated high school in June of that year, and I was eight months pregnant when I wow. walked across the street and mm-hmm. walked across the stage. And I turned 18 that same month, and our son was born in July, the very next month. And we got married. My husband and I got married in November of that same year. And I am so thankful and blessed that I'm mar- I married to that same man today. 37 years this year. That's awesome. That's so great. So awesome. Yeah, but it wasn't always easy. No. You know, we had a lot we had to navigate through to get where we are today. And I thank God for all of it, the trials and tribulations, as well as all the good times we've had and will continue to have. Oh, yeah. God's good. You know, just as Kathy was looking back and seeing how God brought her through a difficult time of early pregnancy, you know, we can look back and just see how good God is, reflecting back on all the times God's come through for us and graciously forgiven us. Oh, man, more times than I can think of. Right? You know, He continuously picks us back up and sets us up right when we've failed in our human attempts to get things, (laughs) you know, get things right. Yeah, (laughs) so true. Yeah, I receive his love and grace over and over and feel his goodness covering me time and time again, reflecting on God's 
continuous goodness and seeing his grace over my own life keeps me from judging others and teaching me, you know, to keep my eyes on him and him only. He truly is a good father. Yeah, he is. Yeah, you know, when my husband and I bought our dream home, we were so happy. Mm-hmm. And we had some really good years in that house. And But we didn't know that just over the horizon was going to be a devastating loss that tested our marriage and my faith in God. Mm. You know, when the economy fell apart in 2008, 2009, that, around that time, we lost our business. We lost our home and all of our savings. And we had to rely on God like never before. And it was one of the most difficult times in my life. My husband lost all faith in God at that point, And mine was hanging by a thread. Mm-hmm. I was desperate, and I, it brought me to my knees time and time again. And we struggled until 2016. That was, what, oh, seven wow. or eight years? Mm-hmm. Barely surviving. I mean, we were barely surviving, constantly wondering how we would eat or pay our bills. But God met me in every single one of my prayers. He captured every single one of my tears, and He held me together when I thought I was going to fall apart. And I've said this before, but my faith grew exponentially during that time. I stood on my faith in God, and not once did He let me down. It affected me deeply so much, and I've said this before that I wrote, I've written a couple books about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one I'm just going to give you that one's the title is "Standing on Faith Together." I stood on my faith. It changed my life. That whole experience changed my life, and I look back on it now, and I could see the goodness of God in every single part of it. He changed my heart in so many ways. He changed my focus from worldly thinking to kingdom thinking. And let me tell you, there's so much more freedom in kingdom thinking. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he put me through many fiery trials, and it refined me, drawing out the impurities, and I am so thankful for all of it. God is absolutely good, and I am so proud to be called his daughter. There isn't one detail in my life that God isn't a part of. He loves every part of me, and he loves each of his children the same way. And it's because of his goodness that Susan, Laura, and I will continue to plow forward in what he's called each of us to do. And right now... That's to encourage others by pouring out what God pours into us, which is what? His pure pure truth. truth. His pure truth. Amen. All right, guys, it's time to close. And we hope you enjoyed our discussion on the goodness of God. He is so, so worthy. And please join us next week. We'll be right here. Yeah, and we just want to close with this scripture from 1 Chronicles 16.34. It says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His steadfast love endures forever. All right, and today's episode was edited by Caitlin Beck. Thank you so much for putting up with us, Caitlin. (laughs) And we have a couple of articles that we mentioned, so we'll put the links in the notes section of this episode. And before you go, we invite you to please leave a written review anywhere you listen to this podcast. The more positive reviews we receive will lead to more listeners that God can reach. Also, please subscribe. We would appreciate it very much. We just want to thank you for listening and allowing us to pour pure truth into you today. And we would love to hear from you. So please email us at puretruthpodcast3, that's the number three, at gmail.com. Yes, and please visit our websites. Mine is kathyzaka.com. Mine is laurapotter.us. And mine is susanoffin.com. And we hope you'll join us next time. And remember, live thirsty. Thank you, and may the Lord bless you and keep you, and may his face shine upon you and give you his peace. All right, until next time, Susan, Laura, and Kathy. Welcome to Transforming 45, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices. 
I'm your host, Lisa Boat. Join me in conversation with heart-led humans who share their deeply personal stories of transformation. Transforming 45 is here to uplift, connect, and remind you that it's never too late to write your next chapter. So get ready to be inspired, empowered, and transformed. Join me in this community where through powerful storytelling, we heal and reclaim our inherent magic. Hey there, I'm DC. I host the Rock Podcast, Back to the Arena, the Interviews. It's about a 30-minute podcast where I talk one-on-one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock fan like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena, the Interviews. Electric Acid. Electric Acid.